So we were speaking about the Roman monarchy and how there were these seven kings in Rome that ruled over Rome during the period of the monarchy. And the last of these kings was very tyrannical. They referred to him as, as despotic. He was arrogant. He was oppressive. He oppressed the people of Rome. And as a result of which the people were fed up, they had enough, and they ultimately drove this king, the last of these kings, out of Rome. And the dissatisfaction of the people ultimately led to a new establishment, a new political dispensation in Rome. And this new political dispensation, this new governmental structure took the form of what we now refer to as the Roman Republic. And so we enter the era of the Roman Republic and now we see that these kings have now been replaced. And under the new structure, instead of a king, we now have what we refer to as two consuls, right? So the word is a consul. And these two consuls were responsible essentially for exercising executive power hand in hand. So essentially they served as a type of president, joint presidents that governed over Rome and they held that executive responsibility but all the power wasn't concentrated in these particular consuls and the power in terms of government structures was shared and there was also the popular assembly which essentially operated in the same way in which our parliament of today operates and, and this parliamentary popular assembly was responsible for enacting laws that would govern Rome. And then the third structure we had in this in this governmental setup was what we referred to as the Senate. And this was made up of 300 Romans. And these 300 men were usually um, ex-magistrates and they were uh, very elderly, respected in the community statesmen. And so these more senior uh, statesmen and magistrates made up the 300 member strong senate body and this was essentially an advisory body so their function was to advise but any um, <clears throat> any uh, advisory statements coming from the senate would take the force of law so in essence the Senate, although having an advisory function, whatever uh, advisory statements were ultimately issued by the Senate was actually treated as if it was law. And during this period of time, we see what was occurring is what we refer to as the codification of law. And the law was codified in the sense that now, unlike the unwritten rules and customs that were followed under the Roman monarchy, we now see the laws being written down, being physically written down in what we refer to as the 12 tablets, which was 
literally these beautiful 12 bronze tablets and these bronze tablets was going to provide legal certainty in a sense that everybody in Rome would now know what their rights are and what the responsibilities are and what the laws essentially are. Because remember, we discussed in the previous unit how legal certainty is important because it allows citizens, it allows people to to regulate their behavior accordingly and to know what their rights are and to know what their responsibilities are. So now we see this 12 tablets, these 12 bronze tablets, and you can see in the image in the next slide, everybody hailing the introduction of these 12 bronze tablets as they're being put up. And under these laws, we now see, previously we said under the Roman monarchy, there was no separation between religion and law. But in these new found 12 tables, uh, tablets, sorry, we now see that law and religion are being separated, right? And we now have this legal certainty and we now see how law uh, begins to develop and evolve in Rome and it takes on the form of a of a legal uh, science. Essentially, we now see jurists evolving. Um, we now see jurists emerging rather and these jurists' responsibility is essentially to study the law. And these uh, tablets had very primitive laws. You'll see made mention in the notes how if a debtor failed to pay what was uh, what he was responsible to pay to his creditors, he could in fact be sentenced to death and different parts of his body, which is quite gruesome, would then be sent to various uh, creditors as a form of dispensing justice in that instance and making right on the debts that were owing to them, right? So we had these very primitive laws. We now had the separation between law and religion and we now had some legal certainty and we now had these really smart uh, jurists emerging who, because the laws were now written down, they were now able to um, study how these written down laws were now evolving. We also had a very important role player now emerging in the in the structure of, of, of government in the form of the praetor, which is essentially the judicial officer, so a sort of, of magistrate. And what this judicial officer, what this praetor was responsible for was to ultimately ensure that justice is administered, right? So he held the responsibility of ensuring that the laws, as they are found in the 12 tables, were actually uh, applied, right, enforced. And so that was the, the responsibility of the, of the Praetor. And the Praetor played this very important role now because we see as the Praetor takes on the responsibility for ensuring that these laws are applied and enforced, we can see that he has significant control over the manner in which the Roman law ultimately evolves and the manner in which laws develop. Because as you can remember in the previous unit, we spoke, we spoke about the significant level of control that judges have over how it is the law changes and evolves. So with this, we see these predators and they play this crucial role in the development of the Roman law. And we now see the jurists, like I mentioned earlier, we now have these uh, uh, 
experts in law. So you could say that I would be an emerging jurist on uh, human rights law and a particular area of law. And I would study that and it's a legal science. And, and studying law in this instance, being a jurist of law would mean more than just knowing the law. Because anybody could go and read the 12 tables. But what these jurists in fact did was that they critically engaged with the law. So you can remember what I had spoken about in our previous um revision lecture about how it is that you shouldn't simply just accept that this is the law and that you should interrogate the law and say and look at the law from a critical perspective. So this is what these jurists did, these emerging uh, legal uh, smart people, right? These jurists looked at the law from a through a lens of 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 um, through a critical lens, right? They critically analyzed the law. And so this is what we see unfolding in the Roman Republic. And this is how ultimately uh, Roman law starts taking on this whole greater significant dimension.